Hello, bonsoir, and welcome to our first Rugby en tant cordial podcast that I, Véronique Landieu, will be co-presenting with James Harrington, who is an English journalist from Brotherhams, who lives in the southwest of France, in the beautiful town and rugby town, of course, of Castres. Um, so, in this podcast, James will give a review of the top 14, top 14, And I will do the same about the English Aviva Premiership. And on top of that, we'll talk about current rugby news, such as transfers and other relevant issues in the rugby world. The podcast will last between 20 and 30 minutes, so which is perfect for your commuting. Uh, that, and it would enable you to digest some French and English rugby news. So, um, quick one, I will introduce myself. I'm Véronique Lanzieu. I'm French, as you can hear from my accent. been living in the UK for donkey years. I'm a massive rugby fan. I've been following the rugby premiership for many years. I work in marketing and I also write a rugby blog now and then. So, James, enough about me. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> You've done most of it already. Um, my name's James Harrington. I'm a freelance sports journalist and I've been living and working in southwest France since 2009. So, why did you move to Castres? Uh, it was for work. Uh, there was a, a company out here um, that Uh, worked with uh, Irish newspapers. Um, I got a job with them, but uh, in two, at the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, decided to uh, to go freelance and, and see see if I could uh, make a go of it on my own. And then you met a beautiful French woman. You married her, and you stayed there, did you? <laughs> no, we were, I was married when we married when we came over. We we came over. There was my wife and daughter came over in 2019. We've since had a Two sons and three cats. Oh, wow! Excellent. Sounds great. Very fertile family. <laughs> Must be the French wine. Oh, I can't, can't be anything else. <laughs> and the nice weather. <laughs> so, James, uh, what do you make of the European Championships on Saturday? Any surprises? Uh, yeah, I, th I think the biggest thing was the, the intensity of Racing's performance against a, a team that's uh, head, shoulders and, and elbows above everyone else in the European club rugby right now. Um, remember, Racing lost Dan Carter before the match to a hamstring injury, Pat Lambie just three minutes in, and then had Donica Ryan playing with only one arm from about the 11th minute. So given Leinster's run to the final when they, they simply swatted every opponent aside, I think few expected it to be actually as close as it, as it, as it turned out to be. Um, so I'd, I'd, I agree. I'd, I'd, I'd I would be, be very interested to hear your opinion of the last 10 minutes, which were a bit uh, uh, hard. <laughs> Was it difficult to hard, watch? Hard, harassing supporter, frustrating as well, but uh, great news for Leicester. It was tough, wasn't it? Certainly that the uh, Teddy Thomas incident when he, when he got ran himself into touch, um, which led to the uh, penalty that, that won the match for, for uh, Leinster. That, that'll be placed in the inexplicable file alongside, alongside Clement Poitrano in the 2004 final, when he just stood and watched a ball bounce into, into the in-goal area and let Rob Howley score in the 80 minute, 80th minute for Wasps, and Morgan Parra's mystifying tap penalty right in front of the post against Bordeaux in 2015-16, when... Claremont just needed three points to qualify for the knockout phase, and, and he, that rush of blood to the head, they didn't get, they didn't, they didn't score, they didn't get the points, and they, they were knocked out at, at the, uh, in the pool phase, which was absolutely shocking. I remember that event so well, yes, very much. 
A brain fart. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. <laughs> like you would say. Yeah. Um, and you know, regarding the Premiership, you know, it's a semi-final. Yeah. Uh, but um, tell me more about uh, before we I talk briefly, you know, about the semi-final between the four teams. Tell me uh, more about what's been happening in the top 14. Like like the Premiership and like the Pro 14, we've reached the playoff stage in the in the in the top 14. Unlike the Premiership and the Pro 14, this takes three back, three rounds to resolve. So on Friday at 9 o'clock, French time, Toulon will face Lyon at the Stade Mayol for the right to play Montpellier in the first semi-final exactly a week later. Um, and on Saturday at 4.15, Born Again Toulouse hosts near neighbours Cast at Stade Ernest Wallon with the prize for them a, a Lyon semi-final exactly one week and 30 minutes later against Racing 92. Quatre Van Duze, I really should say, shouldn't I? I see. So good news for Racing. They've got a week off to recover from their disappointment and from the injuries. And maybe you think Carter will be playing? Eh, they're sweating on down. They're sweating on down. But yes, it's it's good news for them uh, for Racing. Definitely, they they need that time off. Um, I remember in 2013, Clermont lost the lost the European final against Toulon by a, by a single point. Then had to play Castres in a playoff semi final in Lille a week later. And they were nowhere near recovered already and, and got absolutely blasted. Um, this time, this time at least Racing have a week to recuperate and get their heads back in back in the game space, particularly Teddy Thomas, who suffered huge after that final. Um, and they, as you say, as you said, they, they need to get the players fit again. Um, they've lost Lambie and Ryan to injury. They're sweating on Dan Carter's hamstring. And Henri Chavancy, too, was uh, was limping, limping a lot at the end of that that. Uh, that Champions Cup final in Bilbao. Mm-hmm. And anything else regarding the Capitals, the top Capitals? Uh, very much so. Uh, we now know the identity of the 14th and final team in next season's top 14. It's Grenoble. Who def- Grenoble. Grenoble. Yes. yes. Oh, Grenoble. <laughs> Grenoble, like the English, uh, like. The, <laughs> like it's, it's like it's like Gren- it's like Grenoble. You can't just say it. <laughs> Say again? It's like Grenoble. We can't say it properly, as we English people. Yeah, yeah. Can't so get, can't get out for our. our our English listeners is Grenoble, not Grenoble. <laughs> um, so they, anyway, Grenoble recovered from defeat to Perpignan in the Pro 14 Championship final a week earlier to beat Oyana 47-22 last Saturday in a mountain club derby at the Stade, Stade des Alpes. I have to say I absolutely love Oyana. Remember Saracen, you know, um, played against them in December 2015, I believe, mm-hmm. and... Um, They've got so much passion, such a small city, and they live and breathe for rugby. I think they, the city is what, twenty-five thousand people, something, something like that. Something like that. It's it's smaller yes. smaller than Cass. Uh, we've got forty-four here. I think it's about half the size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. they they're really bubbling, and they had a, quite a tough time in the top fourteen. Oyona, a bit mm-hmm. like, um, I suppose, a little bit like London Irish, except. Yeah. Yeah, they, they 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 did stick around though under under Christoph Jovios and um, and did did reasonably well. I mean, his last season there, of course, they got into the Champions Cup, which allowed them to play your Saracens, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, which was good fun. It was good to, good to watch their their all hell of no notion style of rugby is fantastic, fantastic fun. Yeah. Excellent. So back to the Premiership rugby news. Mm, so what's, what's going on there? Living... <laughs> Oh, we're not there <laughs> yet. Uh, 
Well, it's a semi-final, so um, for people who know me, uh, I'm a massive Saracens fan. <laughs> I'm supposed to be neutral on that blog, but <laughs> uh, Saracen is in my blood. Um, so there will be two teams playing this weekend on Saturday, Saracen versus Wasp and Exeter versus Newcastle. Um, interesting, very, very interesting games. So um, regarding Saracens, you know, they are... They've been there, they've done that, they've worn the T-shirt. That would be their 10th appearance in the Premiership Rugby semi-final. And would be the last, uh, the last nine they won. And the last, and they lost the last four. Um, and last year, unfortunately, they, uh, they played against uh, Exeter in Sandy Park and they lost the last, they lost in the last, uh, <laughs> last few minutes again. Um, it was that was that was that was a good game. That was I remember that. It was indeed, it wasn't it? Just Very... that, that that kick to touch was. <laughs> Again, you know, wonderful if you're a Chiefs supporter. Not so great if you go next. <laughs> but I wasn't that away game, you know. Fortunately, hmm. I watched you know from my TV and it was quite it was uh, yeah very very saddening. But hey, we won the um, Sarah Sands, you know, won, won the Europe European Cup a week before, I believe. Yes, it was. Wow, you know. Yeah, it's tough. Oh, it's tough that that getting getting that. Come back. I mean, we, we we spoke earlier about uh, Claremont missing out on the the uh, missing out on the top fourteen title when they lost in the final in the European final the week earlier. It's that getting over a a big match like a European final and then having to get up again for a semi a semi final domestic semi final the week after. It's got to be got to be hard. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But you know, the same happened. You know, to uh, to Saracen when they won. When they lost, actually, the Heineken Cup, you know, the last mm-hmm. cup that uh, I think it was in 2015, yes. Um, it, it was the last game for Johnny Wilkinson. It was nice uh, against Toulon, you know. Um, so it was, um, it was a nice, nice for, for Toulon's <laughs> and a great farewell for, um, for Johnny Wilkinson, you know, mm-hmm. to say goodbye to his rugby career. But again, you know, uh, <laughs> if you were a super a Saracen supporter, apparently it was dreadful evening. It was raining. It was cold. It was taking place in Cardiff. They were queues everywhere. And um, wasn't yeah. It's uh, leaves a uh, it did leave a bitter taste. And then a week later, same situation. They lost. They lost. So it was they really had to um, to dust dust themselves off and, and start all over again. And uh, it worked because they came back to the best in 2016, you know, and won mm-hmm. the, um, the Premiership yeah. and the European Cup as well. And last year, Saracen won the European Cup, but uh, not, not uh, unfortunately, not the... Um, not the the premiership. No. So okay, let's go back to Wasp. Enough of Saracen now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. right. I'm wearing too much red and black. So Wasp. <laughs> so okay. So the uh, they they won five five semis so far and they lost three. Mm-hmm. Uh, last defeat for Saris against Wasp was in May 2017. Um, again, you know the last time last time they met in Reading for no. Knockout, knock off, knock, knock off or knockout? Knockout. A knockout, thank you. I will no correct your French later. <laughs> <laughs> um, was uh, for the the semi the semi final for the uh, EPCR in 2016 and Serie 1 or 2417. I know mm-hmm. I was there, I was wearing a t shirt. It was a great evening. Um, so are you, if I had. 
place, if I had to place a bet, a bet between the two teams, I'm guessing, I'm betting not because you know I'm I'm big Saracen supporter, but I'm, I'm betting that Saracen you know should win that game. No, no, not not at all, because you're a Saracens fan. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, history speaks for itself. You know they've had their team building breaks in Valencia. What what happens on tour stays on tour. But I know they went to see a match, football match, and other things a few weeks ago. And usually, you know, that because of that bonding experience, they tend to play uh, better afterwards. And it was shown in the last um, last match. You know, they ramp up when they played oh. against uh, um, the the last thing they played in Allianz Park, and before that in um, against. Uh, uh, London, London Irish. Okay. So, uh, so what do you think? How do you see what? What's your pronostic? What's your bet on? What do you uh, see from your side? Uh, I, I find it hard to bet against Saracens at, uh, at home. In all, all honesty, even 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 a side like Wasps um, won't 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 beat them. Not not at Allianz Park. Yeah, and it would be you know, quite an emotional um, uh, game for. Um, James, 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 what is his name? I forgot. James, James Haskell. Thank you, thank you, because he'll, he's going to leave, you know, um, uh, was after, I believe, 12 years, staying that club. Uh, but he's going to join the um, uh, Northampton, Northampton Saints. That's right, yes. Uh, it's a long, long time at one club. It's his only premiership club. He's, uh, he's played, played for Stad, obviously, Stade Francais. Uh, in, in, All right. Uh, and and also right. they played a bit of Super Rugby, but Wasps has been his, his only his only Premiership club. Yes, yes. So it's good to be here. But he's, he's, he's so he was so keen to uh, to be back in the in Eddie Jones squad that you know he, he wanted you know he did say he offered himself for reduced pl- <laughs> reduced price. <laughs> um, so he was willing to take a pay cut, you know, obviously to play uh, to keep his chance. But his, ch- his chance is alive. That's what he yeah. said in one interview that I, that I read. So yeah, so we'll see, we'll see. Uh, any score? Do you think? Do you have? What do you think would be the score? I think I think I think Saracens by a healthy eight. Okay, healthy eight. Okay, mm. we'll catch up next week. We'll out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the other game which is going to take place on Saturday semi-final is Exeter versus Newcastle. Um, Newcastle Falcons. That would be the third successive um, semi-final for Exeter. Um, they beat Wasp in 2016 and Saracen in 2017. Uh, however, their success is in Central Park is is very very um, is very high um, and. The odds are, you know, they, they're likely to win again. Newcastle have always lost, you know, uh, when they visit Sandy Park. Tough, but tough I have ground. to say, really the highlight, yes? Yeah, I was just going to say, it's a, it's a tough ground to visit for, for, for any side. Uh, not not many win at, at Sandy Park these days. Yes, no, there's something there, I think. But uh, it's such a passionate crowd of a cheap supporter as well. You know, they live and breathe, um, you know, rugby. Uh, and it's, you know, talking about, you know, expansion of rugby, uh, Cornish Pirates, you know, mm-hmm. uh, will have a stadium built, you know, in the next few years in um, in Toro. So that's the first. Oh, wow. Oh, that's good news. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's really expanding. You know, there is definitely lots of um, enthusiasm, you know, for Mm -hmm. for rugby in that that area. Um, I mean, I have to say, what have you heard, you know, from from Newcastle Falcon, you know, from as well, journalists, rugby journalists? (laughs) Uh, most mostly uh, mostly good things. I mean, the uh, Dean Richards appears to have worked worked a fair few miracles there. If he if he gets a bit more money, then there's, they're going to be up there more often than they're more often than, than not up in the in the in the playoff in the playoff scrap at the end of the season. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's build, definitely building a good side. Um, uh, Gonover, yes. Gonover, obviously uh, uh, being uh, on the shortlist for Player of the Year, is uh, is no great surprise given his uh, try-scoring exploits this season, and uh, it it's looking a, a good a good mix of experience and youth that is that Richards is developing there. I think I think it's uh, it's a good. And guess player. what? Yes, and I believe yeah, Toby Flood, Toby Flood's playing for <laughs> yes, Falcons. Yeah. I met him at the Aviva Premiership. Um, launched in in August very briefly. He was very excited, you know, to mm. to start afresh <laughs> and play play for Falcons. But uh, they did extremely well. They are, right now there are only two French players that play in the Aviva Premiership. So we've got. That's, that's, who's that? Um, we've got one who play for Saracen is a prop. Christophe Tolafua. Yes, yeah. and there is another one who works in yeah, England. Maxima Moz for, for, for Newcastle. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. So it's surprisingly usually, but obviously, you know, the uh, the shift is more the move is from, yeah. is is more important from England to France for for reason <laughs> that we'll know, but we'll not comment. For nice weather, nice wine, um, good money, I suppose. <laughs> It's all, right. it's all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, so what I feel is that Newcastle is really entering a new chapter in the rugby history. And um, I remember very a long time ago uh, that the last exciting season, you know, for some, for, uh, for Newcastle was 1998, 20 years ago. Yeah. When you had the guys of the team of Rob Andrew, Pat Lamb, <laughs> Inga Twilane, and a very young um, Johnny Wilkinson. Johnny W. He was only we. Yeah, it was very much the highlight, highlight of the season. So nice, nice. 20 years later, it's really nice, you know, to see Newcastle ramping up because, my goodness, it was a tough, tough. First half for Dean Richard and his and his boys. Mm. Uh, they didn't play that well. They had 20 odd injuries. Uh, they were nearly. They were always at the bottom, more or less at the bottom of the Premiership League. Yeah. But for after Christmas, they they really ramped up. And every week, I remember they were going up and up and up and up. And then wow, they finished top four. And I think the guys are extremely. Motivated, uh, they, they they want to prove right their, their wrongs of the first half uh, of the first disastrous first half. So I read something about um, Dean Richard who said that he wanted to um, was hoping that the game on Saturday will be a brilliant two halves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's what we see. But obviously, you know, uh, Newcastle Falcon are the uh, underdog. They've got nothing to lose. And man, I think it's going to be a great game. It, that that looks uh, that looks a real high score. I mean, Saracens, for all that they're 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 a destructive outfit, they're not always tremendously pretty to watch. They're very effective and very um, clinical. Um, yes. Um, whereas Exeter Newcastle just has that that high score in joy fest about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So. Yeah. So last time, you know, they met uh, back to memory lane. Yeah. Last time, um, except, uh, the Chiefs, you know, met uh, the Valcons. It was in a knockout match, and it was in 1998. Remember the the name of this cup? Oh goodness me, you're going back some more. Uh, oh, I'm <laughs> testing you. I'm testing you. Rugby knowledge, James. Oh. It was the Tetley Tetley's Bitter Cup. Tetley Bitter Cup. Goodness me, yes, it was. Yes, a long time ago, and uh, well, it was 20 years ago, and they met also at the, in the quarterfinal of um, EPCR in 2015. But um, again, you know, Newcastle have always lost mm. every time. Every time they visit Sandy Park, they lose. So hopefully, it won't be your third time unlucky. That's what <laughs> I can say. Uh, <laughs> so, what, what do you think? You know, what's your pronostic? What would be the score? Um... I, I, I don't I don't see a Newcastle win there, and I think it might be Exeter by. Oh, I like Newcastle, but Exeter by twelve. Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, I, I think so. And then hopefully we'll have a Saracens. Well, and Twickenham twenty six. You know, we'll have a mm-hmm. final between Saracens and and Exeter. And I already spoke with. Uh, Rob Baxter in August last year <laughs> when I was invited at the Aviva Premiership launch and I told him, you know, Rob, well done for your trophy, but Saracen will have it back next year. <laughs> and he smiled. <laughs> That's a true story. That's a true story. <laughs> I got pictures on Twitter. Obviously. Anyway, enough, enough of my uh, rugby social life. Uh, um, so, um, rugby news. Ashton, Ashton is is doing really well in France. Tell me more about him, James. Oh, he's he's, he's having a he's having a blast down on the uh, down in the VAR on the on the Cote d'Azur. <laughs> um, he uh, he's um, just playing rugby with a smile on his face. He's scored twenty three tries, a top fourteen record, breaking the twenty one of Napoleone Nalaga from two thousand and ten, I believe, when he was at Clermont. Um, and uh, but yeah, he's he's, uh, he's he's actually among in the top in the list of top top point scorers in the top fourteen, which is normally reserved for the the goal kickers. And he's he's snuck in about number twelve or thirteen with his hundred. Yeah, I think you know he, he really uh, the French lifestyle really suits him. I told him when we were, when I met him at the Edinburgh final. I don't think he yeah. will remember because it was. <laughs> Quite late at night, it was probably two o'clock in the morning, uh, and I was trying to teach him French. I was helping him. I said, Chris, can you speak French? No. <laughs> I was trying, but anyway, I think it was, it was more his party, but uh, I, I told him, you know what, you, you will love the, um, the lifestyle in France. He loves the lifestyle. He's very happy with his family and his daughter, and I believe he lives in um, the former villa, which has a swing pool and a sea view over the Mediterranean, and Matt Guiteau used to live there. Ah, um, Guiteau's old pad, is it? 
Yes, no, it's got it's got a good life. However, however, we do miss him. We did miss him, you know, this year at Saracens. One day, if you want to go back to Saracens, <laughs> uh, David Strettel is moving back to Saracen he after two, two or three years, you know. So it's never, never too late. We will welcome you with open arms. <laughs> I, I, I think it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what happens next year with him. Um, I mean, obviously he's, he's done really well, but he's had a, he's been well served by. Um, Semi Radradra, who um, came over in from Parramatta Eels in right. in September, and has mm-hmm. is, has been responsible for the final pass and the assist in in a truckload of, of, of Ashton's tries. But Radradra is moving to Bordeaux next season, so it'd be interesting to see how Ashton gets on with, with mm. a, a slightly rejigged setup next season. Yeah, so we'll have to watch this space. Yeah, Thank but, you for uh, the information, James. <laughs> but the, yeah, but the, the ash splash is now known as Le Splash. <laughs> Great stuff. And um, yeah, so and from, from the UK, you must have read it. You know, Cipriani has been selected to play for um, for England in South Africa, and yesterday just announced officially that he will be joining not Stade Français, but Gloucester. Indeed, it's it's it seems a universally popular decision. Do uh, do you agree with the selection? Absolutely, you know, because basically, you know, Cipriani had this contract. Um, his, his contract was finishing this summer, mm-hmm. but uh, his heart was very much into staying in playing for the England English squad, which he did in the past. Um, so his aim was really. You know, to stay in England, and uh, um, he got you know that offer from Gloucester. Obviously, you know Gloucester cannot uh, pay him as much as Wasp. But he had to take a, a pay cut, like a James Haskell. But the opportunities are, are are great. You know, he's a brilliant player, very talented, very creative. He's got magic boots. He's got that French je ne sais quoi. I think it's probably <laughs> the Italian in him. Je ne sais quoi. That gives him that flair and. <laughs> And that magic, uh, that Latin Latin touch, and I think it's great news that he's going to he will be able to you know to to show to display you know his, his talent you know uh, in Eddie Jones' team. So I wish him all the best of luck. Everybody's been crying out you know for Sip to um, to come back to to the squad. So uh, great news, uh, great news for for uh, for England and for uh, for Danny. Mm. Um, so and and just to to keep things in proportion, in perspective as well, you know, his last appearance for England was a replacement fullback in a World Cup warm-up match against France in August 2015. So I think he will be very, very hungry <laughs> <laughs> to play, to play from England. That's so, uh, and he's 31 years old, and he knows that you know his last call-up will be a learning opportunity. And I think he learned a lot. He has matured a lot. Mm, yeah. It's like the England thing, I think, is is very much kept him in in the Premiership. Yes, uh, I think it's very, very, yeah. very, very clear that that's what he was really after. Um, the stad, the stad Francais, the top front, the top fourteen rooms, all, 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 all told, really, really didn't didn't sit well uh, with mm-hmm. him. It just just seemed 
Yes, no, I agree on, with you. Okay, uh, well, in France, I believe that uh, Yannick Nyonga will retire. That's right, that's right. He, uh, he's, he's Which team does he play again? Can you refresh my memory? Yeah, he's, he's, Russing, he's a Russing, Russing man. Um, yes. Um, he, uh, and he, he, played in, he played in the final um, in, in Bilbao. Um, and up until then, he'd been really cagey about his future. There'd been r- rumours that he was retiring to take a, a, a desk job at, at, at Racing. And he'd said, no, this is not true. No, I've not made my decision yet. Uh, but it, mm-hmm. it, uh, he confirmed that he will retire at the end of the season in response to a question at a post-Champions Cup final press conference. Um, he, he said, "Yeah, this is this is my last this is my last season." And it's it's always sad to see a player you've admired um, sign off, and the anger's only 34 years old and been top class for racing this season. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit like a Brits, Brits, um, with retiring, yeah. Sharp Brits, yeah, and with um, retiring, you know, mm. from from Saracen after mm. serving Saracen really, really well. Mm. Lovely, lovely players, you know. Um, and, but yes, I think his body ha- has had enough. He's <laughs> <laughs> in his thirties as well, so it's time for, for yeah, retiring. So actually, it's, yeah, Saracen would be losing, would be losing him, and it's Ooh, a great, it's a great shame. Tremendous, but tremendous. we got to Jimmy George. Jimmy George is a good one. Yeah, yeah, not not the worst, not the worst backup. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with, with Nianga, so, I, I suspect Nianga could have could have found it in him to do one more top fourteen season if if Racing had won on Saturday. But all right, that that, that defeat was just like no, I can't do it anymore. So mm. he's he's sort of go, joining the retired fifteen along with Freddie Michelac and Aurelien Ruggeri and Florian Fritz um, mm-hmm. um, at, the, at the end of the season. He'll get a. He's got a maximum of two games left, a semi-final and a final, and he'll give his all in them. I'm absolutely sure. Mm-hmm. So I heard as well, James, that you got some. Uh, there are some big recruitment news coming out of uh, Stade Français. Uh, <laughs> big. It's it's sort of reaching the galactic levels. Um, they've prized. Johan Maestri was supposed to go. Had, had signed a pre-contract with La Rochelle. Um, but had second thoughts when Patrice Colazzo um, left suddenly about 10 days ago. Um, but, so Stade Francais have prized Johan Maestri out of his pre-contract with La Rochelle for a reported €700,000. My and, goodness! And they're set to pay another €750,000 to take Gael Ficou from Toulouse with um, a year before his contract is due to end. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Peter de Villiers is returning to the club as forwards coach uh, as a replacement for Olivier Azam. And Baptiste Serran is said to be on their radar as well, despite having another year of his contract to run in board, uh, at Bordeaux. Uh, mm-hmm. It's an absolutely astonishing time because with Montpellier paying Northampton a million for Louis Picamol, you, uh, if you remember that. Yes. Uh, and and Rassic and and pay, uh, paying Racing even more to get Johan Gusenor out of his contract. It looks like we're entering some new big money arms race in the top in the top 14, which this time is reserved for billionaires only. I mean, Murad Bujalal at Toulon has already declared that, that he can't keep up with the spending power of Montpellier's Moed Altra, Racing's Jackie mm-hmm. Lorenzetti, or Stad's uh, Hans-Peter Wild. Yes, and as you know, there is a salary salary cap in at the mm-hmm. RFU. In, in well, there is, there is there is in 
there is in France as well. Uh, 10, there is, yeah, all right. 10.5 million. Um, and right, I believe for the uh, for England for uh, seven million, seven mm -hmm. million pounds. But if, again, if with, with it's, it's actually surprising close with exchange rates and with um, you, you know the two marquee players that the Premiership can have. Yes. The premiership clubs can have two marquee players whose salary isn't included in the in their in in their salary cap. So it, it suddenly it's the difference between the Premiership and the top fourteen in terms of spending power, isn't that isn't that great? In terms of salary power, probably. Mm, yes, uh, I'm not sure whether I like that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's uh, c'est la vie, as we say in French. In, you know, indeed, everybody indeed. knows. Uh, we'll talk. We'll, we'll um, talk about a little bit of rugby French a bit later. So, <laughs> highlight of the weekend, or the, for me, you know, the last few weeks was very much, you know, about Falcon being the semi-final because mm. it's the first. Yeah. Yoo so well done to Dean Richard and his squad. What about you? Any highlight from course, from top fourteen? Same, same, same deal actually. Lyon reaching their first top fourteen playoff ever. Um, wow! They, they won, they won the French Championship a couple of times way back in the nineteen thirties, but they have never, ever, uh -huh. ever been in a top fourteen playoff. That's great news. And in terms of bad news, downfall for the week, well. I've got none, none for the UK, for the England. It's been a good week overall. No, no bad news to announce. Ah, Yannick Nyanga retiring. It's always, as I said earlier, it's always sad when, uh, <laughs> when a player you admire has decided that, that to hang up their boots. Respect them, respect him for the for, for making his decision. Miss him terribly. Oh, I see, I see. I shouldn't have, shouldn't have. Yeah. <sighs> so, um. So, parlez-vous rugby français? <laughs> Un petit peu. Yeah, because, you know, I was, um, uh, I was, when I was watching, uh, Wayne Barnes, you know, referring the, the game Racing versus, uh, uh versus Leinster, you know, I heard him, you know, talking French, and I spoke with him, I met him last year at Twickenham mm. as well, and I said, do you speak French? He said, no, but I think he was, he's very humble, is, mm. uh, is, so he's an um, international referee, but he's also a barrister. He's got two jobs, yeah. and he lives about um, uh, five minutes away from Twickenham. <laughs> His wife is uh, completely fluent in French. But, uh, yeah, so I've heard that. I was very curious. I, I, I've heard him, you know, saying a few sentences, such as, you know, lâcher, lâcher au sol. What does it mean, James? It means let go, let go of the ball on the ground. Exactly. In, indeed, I, I noticed actually, sort of jumping in on on you, JP Doyle, a big fan of his language skills. He he used the term parterre, parterre, which means just means on the floor. Uh, yes. During the Challenge Cup semi-final between Gloucester and Poole, um, technically it's incorrect in rugby terms. Lachey is the is the is the go-to term, but eminent, very understandable term. He made made it perfectly clear what he was talking about. Um, and I don't know if it's true, but I heard a story that he learned basic Georgian rugby terms when he was when he found out he was going to referee Georgia in the at the 2015 World Cup. And that little bit of effort, you've got to admire it. It makes all the difference. Um, yes, but actually, I've got some update regarding this because I was listening to a um, rugby podcast a few hmm. weeks ago with hmm. you, my friend Hugo Money and. Chris Jones and Wayne Barnes was being uh, interviewed in his in his home house, hmm. own house. I learned that's why I know why why he lives, <laughs> which is five minutes away. 
<laughs> five minutes of Twitter and I'm, I know that his wife is completely fluent and I'm, I'm no stalker. <laughs> uh, but he, he did say, he did mention that um, this, some of them were offered some uh, French lessons uh, mm. by the RFU and I know that JP Doll took A-level fr French. Yeah. So, and he chose, you know, when Barnes and and RFU are the ones that speak the best, uh, the best French. And it, it makes a, it makes a difference, I can tell you, because um, let's talk about if you hear um, uh, Girado. Girado is getting better as French, but he can't really speak. Uh, sorry, he's getting he's getting better English, but his uh, spoken English is qu is quite basic. But it helps him a lot, you know. And when they use uh, um, some French words, you know, when they refer to uh, an international game. It, it, it's, it's just easy because you don't have to translate it in your head. You don't, you know, you're not thinking, what's he saying? You know, let go on the ground. or you know, it's. Uh, actually, maybe you should offer the RFU and Pro 14 referees French lessons. That's a good, that's a good <laughs> idea because I used to teach, you know, when I first arrived in England, I was a young student and I was foreign language assistant in a boys' school called QEH in Bristol, Queen Elizabeth Hospital. I think I still have my picture in, in the hall somewhere <laughs> with about 700 boys. So, yeah, that, that could be the one that would just, be interesting to teach. Just, just, okay. drop, just drop a letter in at, at, uh, at uh, headquarters. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, football thought, football thought. <laughs> so, um, and... By the way, do you know why, um, just for our listeners, you know, why we decided to call this uh, podcast, you know, Rugby en tant cordial? Not only because, you know, I, I write some occasional blogs, not lately, so I've been quite busy. But uh, do, do, do you know why? Do you know what is where the entente cordiale comes from, stems from, James? I, I, th I think you should explain it. You do know this better. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm not that clever, but I found some information on Wikipedia. So <laughs> <laughs> the entente cordiale, entente cordiale, as English would say, <laughs> was basically a series of agreements signed on 8 April 1904 between the UK and the French Republic. Reason why? Because France and England kept fighting over and over and over, and they did that for about a thousand years. So that's it. They said, right, okay, let's put, let's put something in writing on the 8th of April, and let's make sure that we don't fight each other again. So make love, not war. <laughs> 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 on that note, you can hear that. That's I'm French. Okay. So anything else? Um, from the from the top 14, James. Uh, no, looking ahead to the uh, the the barrage round of the the, the playoffs. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it's long. going to be a very exciting weekend. I'm looking yeah. for. I'm counting the days now. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, it's always always fun at uh, and the, uh, the the matches are, are, are excellent as well. Lyon, uh, sorry, Toulon Lyon is uh, a nice southeast derby-ish kind of match and. Uh, Toulouse Cast is uh, the the two towns are only the two cities are only ninety, 90 and, minutes. And the good news is that you know they're being showed on Sky, so uh, now we can we can view um, uh, <laughs> top fourteen some of the top fourteen matches. And regarding Saracens uh, versus Wasp, I, I will be there as usual. <laughs> Excellent. To encourage uh, the winners. Okay, well it's been very nice to speak with you, and let's speak again next week. Indeed, and and you, Abiento. A bientôt, au revoir. Au revoir.